This podcast was created as a part of Podcast Lab by India Film Project in association with Anchor by Spotify. Dr. Papinicolo had once said, "Ideal in life was neither to become rich nor to live happily, but to work, create, and do something worthy of a man who is moral and strong." This humble man his heroic wife andromache and his guinea pigs surely met that ideal and contribute to a 70% reduction in cervical cancer mortality hello ladies thank you for tuning into guy from gynac this is dr ash and as always i'm going to speak directly to you things that you've always been wanting to hear from someone so let us begin our journey It is safe to say that nobody's favorite thing is a pap smear. While it doesn't make the speculum any warmer, the story behind this revolutionary cancer screening, the papinicolous test or the pap test, may be a welcome distraction and a very ragtag perspective on scientific breakthrough. So, who is Papinicolo? What did he do to have such an important test named after him? that revolutionized the early screening detection of cervical cancer born on 13th of may 1883 in a town of kimi on the greek islands georges nicolas papinicolo was one of the four children he attended the university of athens majoring not in biology but music and humanities however his physician father influenced his eventual decision to pursue a career in medicine and in 1904 he graduated from medical school with top honors while papinicolo's research would eventually be on human physiology he began his studies with guinea pigs in 1916 while studying sex chromosomes he deduced that reproductive cycles in the experimental animals could be timed by examining smears of their vaginal secretions from 1920 he began to focus on cellular pathology of the human reproductive system it has to be noted that papinicolo was not the first to study the cervical cytopathology in women in 1927 a roman physician by the name of aurel babis used a platinum loop to collect cells from women's cervix to detect the presence of cancer however medical history had sided with papinicolo as the originator of the pap test as the two methods were viewed to be substantially different still in honor of babies romania referred to this test as methode babies papinicolo for papinicolo his initial publication of the finding in 1928 went largely unnoticed but as we say behind every successful man there is a woman and in this story that woman is his devoted wife andromache marvinus mary papinicolo As perhaps the world's most patient wife, Mary endured 21 years of daily pap smears for love and science. Much like in the uncomfortable guinea pigs, Papinicolo observed that he could see temporal changes in discharge related to the reproductive cycle in his wife too. In yet another act of spousal loyalty, Mary invited some of her friends to a party and ultimately to pap smears. Weeks after sampling, one friend was diagnosed with cervical cancer. In Papinicolo's words, the first observation of cancer cells in the smear of uterine cervix 
gave me one of the greatest thrills I ever experienced during my scientific career. While he presented his ideas that uterine cancer could be diagnosed by vaginal smear in 1928, it took him over a decade to validate and prove it. His work culminated in publishing the landmark Diagnosis of Uterine Cancer by the Vaginal Smear in 1943 with Dr. Herbert Trott. Their book described physiological changes of the menstrual cycle and the influence of hormones and malignancy on vaginal cytology. Importantly, it showed that normal and abnormal smears taken from the vagina and cervix could be viewed under a microscope and be correctly classified. This simple procedure, now famously called as a pap smear test, quickly became the gold standard in screening of cervical cancer. As it cost little, was easy to perform and could be interpreted accurately, the pap smear found widespread use and resulted in significant decline in the incidence of cervical cancer. Since then, it has been used worldwide as a clinical tool for the early detection of cervical cancer. It's recommended that sexually active women receive a pap smear every three years, depending upon each woman's risk profile, such as age, sexual history, and HPV status. So, how do you prepare to ensure that your pap smear is most effective? Follow these tips prior your test. Avoid intercourse, douching, or any vaginal medications or spermicidal foams, creams, or jellies for two days before having a pap smear as these may wash away or obscure abnormal cells. Try not to schedule a pap smear during your menstrual period. It is best to avoid this time of your cycle if possible. The procedure to collect cells from the cervix can be uncomfortable but not usually painful. The samples are obtained during a pelvic exam through a tool that is like a small broom or a brush. Depending on the type of pap testing you are undergoing, your doctor transfers the cell sample collected from your cervix into a container holding a special liquid to preserve the sample or onto a glass tube. The samples are transferred to a laboratory where they are examined under a microscope to look for characteristics in the cells that indicate cancer or a precancerous condition. What happens after the pap smear has been evaluated? Once the cells have been studied and classified, the pathologist creates a report for the gynecologist. If only normal cervical cells are discovered during the pap smear, you are said to have a negative result. You won't need any further treatment or testing until you are due for your next pap smear and pelvic exam. If abnormal or unusual cells are discovered during a pap smear, you are said to have a positive result. A positive result doesn't mean you have a cervical cancer. What a positive result means depends on the type of cells discovered in your test. Here are some of the terms your doctor might use. Atypical squamous cells of undetermined significance, that is ASCUS. Squamous intraepithelial lesion, atypical glandular cells, and squamous cell cancer or adenocarcinoma cells. Now you must be thinking what causes all these changes predisposing to cervical cancer. This cancer is caused by a virus called HPV or human papilloma virus. HPV gets its name from papilloma or warts, a common symptom of some HPV infections. There are more than 100 different types of HPV, each of which is assigned a number. The various types of HPV 
fall in two main categories. Cutaneous HPV, which affects the skin, causing common warts but not genital warts. Mucosal HPV, which affects cells that live on moist surfaces such as in the vagina, cervix, vulva, anus, the inner foreskin and urethra of the penis. More than 40 types of mucosal HPV are spread through direct sexual contact, including vaginal, anal and oral sex. Mucosal HPV is further divided into two main types based on their risk of causing cancer. Low-risk HPV types, which do not usually cause cancers but can cause skin warts on and around the genitals and the anus. HPV type 6 and 11 cause 90% of all the genital warts. High-risk HPV, which can cause cancer. Approximately 12 high-risk types of this virus have been noted including type 16 and 18, which are responsible for most HPV-associated cancers. But does that mean that HPV always cause cancer? Well, infection with HPV does not always lead to cancer. In fact, most strains of HPV do not cause any symptoms or problems at all. But there are a dozen or so that can progress to cancer. Like I already stated, Two HPV strains, type 16 and 18, cause 70% of all cases of cervical cancer and precancerous cervical lesions. So, how does HPV spread? Sexually transmitted HPV is mainly spread through direct skin-to-skin -skin contact during vaginal, anal or oral sex with someone who has the virus. Someone with HPV can spread the virus even when there are no apparent symptoms. It has to be noted that HPV is not transmitted through blood or bodily fluids. So how will you know that you have HPV? What are the symptoms of HPV? Though not everyone gets them, the most common symptom of mucosal HPV is genital warts. It's important to note that this typically takes a while to develop, appearing weeks or months after contact with a sexual partner who has HPV. But then, they can grow rapidly. Sometimes, the warts are barely noticeable, causing no discomfort. In other instances, they can cause burning pain, itching and other uncomfortable symptoms. Usually, your immune system clears an HPV infection on its own. But the infections that are not cleared are the ones that can cause cellular changes, which many years later can turn into a cancer. So now you must be wondering, is there a test for HPV too? Well, for women, an HPV test is typically done at the same time as a pap smear. This is called a co-test. Over 95% of women who develop cervical cancer test positive for HPV. By testing women for this virus, those with a negative result can potentially be excluded from unnecessary preventive treatment at colposcopy clinics. For women with an ordinary risk of cervical cancer, but not for a woman at high risk, this co-test is more sensitive than a pap smear. It produces a lower rate of unusable samples of cervical cells. HPV testing alone or with cytology is more sensitive than pap smear, but is less specific for primary screening and triage. The co-test can be done every 5 years and may be cost effective relative to the pap smear. 
under guidelines from the United States Preventive Service Task Force. Women's age 21 to 29 should be screened every three years with the pap test. For women ages 30 to 65, they recommend getting a HPV or a co-test alone every five years or a pap smear test every three years. There is no HPV test for men at this time. So once positive, how is HPV treated? Though there is no medical treatment for HPV, the good news is that your body's immune system will naturally heal most of the infections, including warts, within a few months. Most sexually active people will become infected with the virus at some point in their lives, and some may be infected multiple times. An estimated 90% of cases clear up within two years. If your pap smear or your co-test results are abnormal, your doctor may perform a procedure called colposcopy using a special magnifying instrument to examine the tissues of your cervix, vagina and the vulva. Your doctor may also take a tissue sample for biopsy from any area that appears abnormal. This sample is then sent to a laboratory for analysis and a definitive diagnosis. So after listening to all of this, how can you prevent HPV infection? The World Health Organization and Centers for Disease Control and Prevention both recommend HPV vaccination for both sexes. When given within the recommended age group, this vaccine, which is proven to be safe and effective by the FDA, protects against diseases and cancers caused by HPV. Updated guidelines recommend two shots administered 6 to 12 months apart for children, that is boys and girls, ages 9 to 14. If the first dose of vaccine is given after age 15, a total of three doses will be needed. While the vaccine can prevent an infection, it does not treat existing infections. In 2018, the FDA extended the age range for people to receive the vaccines from ages 9 to 26 to ages 9 to 45. The HPV vaccine can prevent infection, which in turn prevents HPV-associated cancers. Because the dangerous forms of HPV spread through sexual contact, people should get the vaccine before becoming sexually active to ensure its effectiveness. Given that there is a vaccine for it, you may be surprised to learn that HPV remains the most common sexually transmitted infection in the United States. So now that you're vaccinated against HPV, do you still need to be screened for cervical cancer? Yes. Current HPV vaccines do not protect against all HPV types that cause cervical cancer. So, it is important for vaccinated women to continue to undergo routine cervical cancer screening. So, you've taken the vaccine, you've done the test and the test has come negative. Can an HPV infection happen even after that? Yes. Sometimes, after many years of negative HPV test, an infection that immune system has previously controlled can become active again, resulting in a positive HPV test result. Such reactiveness of an old previously undetectable HPV infection can happen due to age-related changes in the immune system. There is no way to tell whether a newly positive HPV result is a sign of a new infection or represents a reactivation of an old infection. It is also not yet known whether reactivated HPV infections can cause cell changes that lead to pre-cancer and cancer. What is good is that cancer of cervix follows a predictable sequence. 
precancerous changes not visible to the naked eye are detected readily in cells sampled by basic screening tests. The evolution from the precancerous stage to the cancer is slow and routine screening makes this a curable cancer and totally preventable disease. As American author Harriet Beecher Stowe says, a woman's health is her capital. That's all I have for you in this episode. If you love this episode, do share your views and views on my Instagram and Twitter handle on at the rate guy underscore from underscore gynag. As always, let me leave you with a thought. Remember, you matter, you are important, and you're heard. I'm all about you, and I wish you an amazing week ahead. Goodbye.